0: Opt for Bobby Miller to have higher than 150.5 strikeouts this season and for Bryce Harper to have higher than 97.5 ribbies this season. Download the app today and use the code locked on MLB for first deposit match up to $100. Again, download the app today, use the code locked on MLB for first deposit match up to $100. Pick more, pick less. It's that easy.
1: The Reds today named Tyler Malley the opening day starter just like we said they would. Nick Senzel could be a star in 2022. And I play Ghostbuster on today's Locked on Reds. Let's go. You are Locked
0: on Reds, your daily Cincinnati Reds podcast, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day.
2: You are Locked On Reds with myself, Jeff Carr, and my co-host, Stephen Offenbaker. We have podcasted about the Cincinnati Reds for well over three years now, and we have maintained pretty much an addiction to this Reds team. We've turned that addiction into information for you. Locked On Reds is part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We're free and available on all platforms, so thanks for making us your first listen on today's episode. Steve gets mad, Nixon Zell could be good, but Tyler Malley gets the call, and that is where we will begin. Steve, uh, this kind of seemed obvious last Uh, pretty much last 24 hours after we found out that Luis Castillo would delay the start of his season. I mean, I thought there was kind of an argument to be had for a little bit anyway, if both were healthy, that Tyler Malley could get the call over Luis Castillo. But it was obvious whenever you found out Luis Castillo wasn't going to be pitching to start the year.
1: Well, a couple things with that. I mean, first of all, uh, road Malley from last year should be in consideration to be the opening day starter. But, uh, you know, his overall performance, I think, uh, was edged out just a little bit by Luis Castillo. Uh, The fact that they've made this announcement today after only yesterday talking about Castillo's shoulder tells me that you were probably exactly right in what you said on yesterday's episode which is David Bell has a tendency to minimize what's going on and I don't know if that's to gain a strategic advantage or if that's just him trying to talk up his players along the way but you know you called it that uh, even though he said it was a a minor inconvenience probably wouldn't be ready for opening day weren't sure what was going to happen after that it looks like by naming Tyler Malley the opening day starter so quickly that Luis Castillo probably is going to miss a turn or two through the rotation to start the 2020 Season
2: that'll give the folks some uh, talking points tonight on the spring training broadcast as we're recording before the Reds play the Brewers at nine o five Eastern time. I believe that's on Valley Sports. I know it's on MLB uh, dot TV anyway. But uh, yeah, you're right, Road Mally Could win a Cy Young if Road Mally turns into All Mally. Um, And by the way, real quick, I think we need to we need to hash this out a little bit. Road Mally, I imagine, shows up to the ballpark in like a jean vest and slicked back like mohawk hair, like basically wild thing. He's just not Charlie Sheen.
1: I was kind of picturing a a Joe Burrow impersonation of Road Mally (laughs) walking into the stadium, but but yeah, that works too. Yeah, I want to see In in fact,
2: somebody get on that Somebody tell, you know, Lucas if you're listening Tell tell Tyler Malley, dress different on the road We really want to see that Anyway, I'm just kidding Last year it was really interesting though The reason that we keep calling him Road Malley If you're new to the podcast Is because last year he was really, really different Based on what stadium he was pitching in And the only reason is If it was not Great American Ballpark He was dominant In 101 and two-thirds innings He had a 2.3 ERA. He had 112 strikeouts and only 32 walks. He only allowed five home runs during that entire period. And he had a whip, whip, walks plus hits, pernines pitched, of 1.04. We are talking about a dude who would be in the conversation. I don't think he'd win it, but he'd be in the conversation for a Cy Young if he could, you know, make that everyday
1: Mally. There's, there's no question. And, and the fact of the matter is, last season when the Reds were on the road and his turn came up, uh, it was one of those games where you felt like the Reds were going to go out and win. Uh, it's, you know, much like we, when Castillo was on, we had that feeling when Sonny Gray was on, we had that feeling when Wade Miley was on, we even had that feeling and road Miley was definitely one of those guys that you had absolutely no qualms about handing him the ball and telling him to go out there. Now, you know, he has some things that work against him and I hope that on top of consistency, he also finds a way to maybe get his pitch count down a little bit through the first four innings. Because one of the things with him is by the fifth inning of every start, he's over a hundred pitches already. And in this day and age of modern baseball, that's going to probably be the ceiling. David Bell's not going to let the starters go out there and throw 110, 120, 130 pitches consistently. And especially in a year where they're all getting a late start on getting their arms in condition. I think that it's going to be an extra layer of, Not so much babying, but an extra layer of caution for the starting pitchers as they go out there this year.
2: Yeah, if he's getting into the third inning and he's in the 60s, even 70s range of pitch count, we might need to get the bullpen warmed up and get going in the fourth or fifth inning. And that's going to be unfortunate because with the shortened spring training like this, you're going to need a lot of guys ready to go. Look, Tyler Malley's got the talent to really contend for a Cy Young. I firmly believe David Bell when he says he's become one of the best pitchers in the game in a quiet way the reason it's so quiet and Reds fans understand this is the high pitch count yes but the high pitch count is so frustrating because it feels like he gets ahead of just about every hitter he faces but when he gets ahead he starts to nipple he starts to waste pitches he's like I'm gonna get him swinging on that breaking ball that's way out of the zone I'm gonna get him swinging and they're just gonna be like whoa why did I swing at that But pretty much everybody looks at those pitches and causes him to get the full counts. And then he's having to throw some kind of fastball over the strike zone just to get them to swing at it. And then that's where he ran into trouble. I mentioned five home runs on the road, 19 home runs allowed at Great American Ballpark. He was night and day. He had over five ERA at home. We'll talk a little bit more about home Mally whenever home Mally is coming up because this is all about road Mally. But I look at this and I say, okay, If Road Malley's Everyday Malley, he's a Cy Young-type pitcher. I'm not saying that I expect him to be a Cy Young-type pitcher this season, but I think he should get votes. I think that this should be the year that he takes that step. Like, I feel like every single year for the last three years, we said, this is time for Tyler Malley to take his next step. Well, I firmly believe he's going to take that next step this year, and he's going to be getting votes at the end of the season for some hardware.
1: You know, I think you're absolutely right. If 2021 Road Mali is 2022 Everyday Mali, he will definitely be in the Cy Young Award conversation. (laughs) Uh, Coming up, we're going to talk a little bit about Nick Senzel and his odds at being a star in 2022. I think those odds are good. And if you want to learn about odds, props, and lines for 2022's baseball season, head over to betonline.net. They have some uh, odds out right now about the Reds. And the Reds are plus 350 to make the playoffs. Uh, That means that uh, basically there's a... 27% chance of them making the playoffs. So, you know, they're saying there's a chance. Uh, but if you want to learn about those lines, if you want to learn about, uh, the props, the odds, the lines, more of them than ever before, head over to BetOnline.net. BetOnline.net remains the best spot for all of your sports scores and news for this season. Bet online has up to the minute info on college and pro basketball. Uh, March madness is, uh, underway and you can get those last minute bets in right now right now they've also got the nhl they've got boxing they've got ufc along with live real-time updates on the current games throughout the 2022 baseball season don't wait to take advantage of all of the new and amazing offers available for you in 2022 at betonline.net BetOnline. it's where the game starts
0: new game day shirt boom cashback food for the tailgate
1: Make sure when you are done listening to today's podcast, you head over to the Locked On MLB Prospects podcast and give them a listen as well. Lindsey Crosby is a minor league encyclopedia and will keep you up to date on the up and coming players as well as touch on some college baseball talk as well. The Locked On MLB Prospects podcast is just like Locked On Reds, free and available on all platforms. Also, make sure you are following us on Twitter. You can follow me at S. Offenbaker. You can follow Jeff at Jeff Carr. That's Jeff with three F's. And you can follow the show at Locked on Reds. Also, don't forget to head over to our YouTube channel at Locked on Reds and hit that subscribe button. There will be exclusive video content there for you all season long that's not going to appear in the audio Uh, Jeff, I said it uh, at the end of the last segment, I think that Nick Senzel has the opportunity to establish himself as a superstar in this Reds outfield this season. And I know that that's uh, not just a hot take, that's an inferno of a take, but I think it's possible
2: superstar overall Steve and I'm not just talking about on this Reds roster I agree with you I mean it's pretty easy to imagine him as the best Reds outfielder that bar's not very high right now but when it comes to Nixon Zell himself the first thing that I'm thinking of I'm not looking at numbers obviously in spring training numbers really don't mean the hill of beans I'm looking at the eye test I'm looking at the thing that you can't quantify the fact that he's swole Dude came to camp ready to go. He is fit. He got a little bit bigger. Looks like he could probably lift all the bats in the dugout. I don't know. Maybe he's tried. It could be. But I think that that's a good sign. What I hear you
1: saying is that he's in the best shape of his life.
2: (laughs) Yes, I was trying to say everything possible without saying it. But yes, here we go. That's our first one this spring. Best shape of his life. Love it. I love it, Steve. I I think he's going to be healthy. And I think that's the hardest thing in the world to predict.
1: But I'm saying it. I'm saying it. You know, when he got called up in 2019, he managed to play in 104 consecutive games. And and remember, he didn't come up at the beginning of the season because of the service time crap that the Reds. (laughs) And he still ended up up being super two. And he he did. He did. He came up for 104 (laughs) consecutive games. He was healthy. He played well. Uh, You know, nobody was disappointed in the way that he performed that first time up. Uh, But since then, Jeff... It's been a whole different story in two consecutive seasons. He has not managed to play in more than 36 games in either of those seasons. So really it's a question of his overall long-term endurance and health. And I think for all of the reasons you mentioned just now, the way that he looks, the work that he's put in, you know, the reports are that he basically spent the entire offseason in Phoenix and has been working to get ready for the 2022 baseball season. So when you take all of those things into account, I think that this is finally the season that Nick Senzel puts together 150 games for the Cincinnati Reds and establishes himself as the star we all thought he was going to be when we began talking about his career.
2: I agree. I agree, Steve. And you know what? I'm fired up because one of the things that I've noticed about Nick Senzel is he has gained himself some haters over the last couple of years because I said something the other day about, boy, oh boy, he's looking good in the spring. If he can do this during the season, we're talking about a pretty good thing for the Cincinnati Reds. And I've gotten a lot of replies of, "Mm -mm, not going to believe it. Been duped before. Not going to believe it. I'm like, what are you talking about not going to believe? Been duped before. What, th- this isn't politics. We're not talking about gas prices. We're talking about a baseball player. We're talking about a dude who should have been that generational talent that the Reds were hoping that he was going to be. And he still has an opportunity to do that. Yeah, I said it. I know a lot of people aren't believing that. And they're not going to let themselves be bamboozled. But I think he's going to be just fine this year because he looks like he's going to stay healthy and I think that's just got a lot of people riled up for whatever
1: ungodly reason solid work on getting the word bamboozled into the podcast today I think that I think that was that was that was a great turn of phrase Jeffrey great turn of phrase but listen you're not wrong and and you know there's always going to be the element that uh, basically takes joy out of misery. I don't know. They, people you seem know. to enjoy being miserable about things. And for me, there, it doesn't hurt it. anything to, to root for Nick Senzel to finally put it together. It doesn't hurt anything to, to hope that he's the guy for 150 games because I'm going to tell you what, if it's not him, it's Shogo Akiyama. And I can tell yep. you right now that Shogo Akiyama is not putting up an all-star level season. Nick Senzel can, in a 150 game season, become an all-star for the Cincinnati Reds.
2: So what do we think? All right, so boy, all star. Good lord, I'd be flipping the lid if he if he makes the all star game. But what do we think's a good expectation for him? Because like we said, 104 is the the most he's ever played in a row, um, and that 36 came in 2021, not in 2020. So you could even spin it. Well, at least he played half the season in 2020. Not so fast, my friend. He didn't. So when you're looking at 2022, 150. What do you think?
1: 280? Yeah, 150 games, 280 batting average, 20 home runs. If he puts that up, I'll I'll take it. And, you know, I I look at him as being a solid, if if that's how he's hitting, he could be a solid number two hitter behind Jonathan India at the top of that lineup. So, Mm -hmm. especially against left-handed pitching. So I think that uh, I think there the sky's the limit for him. It really is. It's just a matter of him remaining healthy and being able to put it together over a, a longer period of time.
2: Well, we're working ourselves up into a lather here, getting way excited about Nick Senzel and his prospects for this upcoming season. Uh, the MLB and players—I I just said the MLB. Um, <laughs> ML I'm too excited, Steve. I'm too excited. <laughs> Uh, MLB and the players made a few rule changes official the other day, including one that has you up in arms and something that Steve hates. We'll talk about Ghost Runners coming oh, up next. Oh. Thanks again for making Locked On Reds your first listen. Make sure that you're following us on all platforms including youtube if you're watching us right here thank you so much for watching make sure you're subscribed so much good stuff is coming for you this season that doesn't doesn't that won't end up in your podcast feed you're going to want to check out youtube for all that good stuff all right something that uh, was announced whenever the lockout broke, whenever the CBA was ratified was that all of the rule changes that happened in 2020 are gone. We're not talking about 17 double headers. We're not talking about ghost runners. We're not talking ghost runners are back.
1: First I, off, it's just another clear example that you cannot trust any of the words coming out of <laughs> hashtag Manfred hates baseball's mouth. Uh, he said it's they were going to be gone and they are back. Listen, the ghost runner is, is I think Mo Egger said it best uh, where he tweeted out that the ghost runner is a solution in search of a problem. Uh, yeah. If you don't enjoy long extra inning games, turn it off, leave, go home. You don't have to stay and watch it. For those of us that do enjoy baseball, I don't care how long the game goes. I just want somebody to win. What I don't like about ghost runners is it's an artificial way to end a game. It skews the stats. It makes uh, players uh, look better at hitting with runners in scoring position. It makes their clutch numbers go up. The only change in the the statistical keeping of this ghost runner is that it doesn't count as an earned run against the pitcher. It counts as an (coughs) unearned run. Everything else remains the same. So listen, if you're looking for a way to end the these extra inning games because for whatever reason you don't think people can tolerate a couple, you know, extra half innings of play, then fine, let's just go all in on on figuring out some solution that doesn't mess with statistics. Let's have a home run derby to decide the game. Let's put our two fastest guys out at home plate and have them race to the center field wall. Let's bring <laughs> back pepper. Let's play a spirited game of pepper and decide who wins the game. Listen, all of those things are ridiculous, but they're just as ridiculous as this ghost runner philosophy in ending a baseball game same result if you don't want to have the the game played the way that it's meant to be played to decide the outcome then why are we limiting ourselves to putting a runner at second base there's all kinds of more entertaining creative things that could be done to solve this quote-unquote problem that rob manfred perceives in extra innings
2: speaking of friend of the podcast mo Wagger, he can speak to this uh, what was it um what was the promotion that they did on the field where it was they had like a track star and you ran you raced pole to pole and the guy who was racing him or gal who was racing him got a huge head start like they could get the center field and then the guy would start like Mo tried that he, he got. Beat they, could, they could I'd race the I cheetah
1: bring back the cheetah from the Cincinnati <laughs> yeah. Zoo they can race the cheetah and whoever can beat the cheetah wins the ball game.
2: Oh We're just going to make this not about baseball at all. Like, yeah, no, I'm with you. I think that especially when you look at the games that this actually affects, I think this is where the argument becomes kind of silly. I get it. If if you're one of those people that wants to say, well, let's figure out some ways to speed up the game and things like that. What are we talking about? Like five games, six games, maybe at the most, like 10 games in a year. Like, I
1: hate it, Jeff. I hate it.
2: Because I they're talking about, we don't it. want 17 inning games. Okay, well, that's not the norm. Most of it's, you know, 11, 12 innings, whatever like that. I, I, I just think There's, that this is a ridiculous thing to really it,
1: it is. and here's solution. how. And here's how you know they know it's a bad idea. They don't do it in the playoffs. If it's good <laughs> enough, right. if it's not good enough for the playoffs, it's not good enough for the regular season. But listen, Jeff, that's not the only rule change that they announced. And... I'm a little bit surprised, not surprised, but uh, one particular player from the Los Angeles Angels of Anaheim South, or whatever they're called nowadays, <laughs> has got their own special rule. Him. Why don't you tell us a little bit about that special rule?
2: Yeah, it, nobody. Okay, it's not officially called the Otani rule. It's people who have read the rule are calling it the Otani rule because according to the new rule, a pitcher. Who also is in the lineup as the designated hitter can remain in the game as the designated hitter if he is removed from the game as the pitcher. So, last uh, the last couple of years, Shohei Otani, when he pitches, he also designated hits for the Angels. But, whenever he was removed from the game, he had to be removed as the designated hitter. Well... I kind of actually am okay with the deal. I understand it really only affects one guy because the other guy that you could probably say this might affect is actually his teammate now and Michael Lorenzen. But I think of this as a good way to keep your stars on the field. And I understand this only affects one person and it really didn't need to be made a rule. But I think just for the betterment of promoting their superstar, because let's be honest he surpassed uh, he has surpassed Mike Trout Shohei Ohtani has I think Shohei Ohtani is the number one star in Major League Baseball so to say that there's a way that he would have to be removed from the game let's get rid of that and you know let's promote this guy let's make sure that he's on the field I'm
1: okay with it yeah I have I have no problem with this rule and and the fact that there. are Making a, a creative way to to solve a problem that is unique to Shohei Otani, I'm fine with that. Shohei mm-hmm. Otani is probably, in my mind, my estimation, the single greatest baseball player that we've ever seen. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, people want to compare him to Babe Ruth, and listen, you know, I'm full of inferno takes today. Babe Ruth has nothing on Shohei Otani. Uh, that's you know the numbers aren't going to be the same but Babe Ruth wasn't playing in this generation of superstars right. and he was playing in segregated baseball so for me Shohei Otani is just a talent that we haven't seen and we may never see again He he's phenomenal so I have absolutely no problem with this rule uh, I have no problem with uh, him being able to stay in the game and hit uh, it's a unique situation and of all of the things the MLB offices have done wrong this one, I don't have a problem with. I like that they're showcasing him a little bit.
2: And while they were at it, while they were making some rule changes that seemed you know, good and bad, they also got rid of... No, I'm just kidding. They didn't get rid of blackouts. When are they going to do that? They really need to do that. It's, it's, it's like way, way past time. And that would probably be a little bit more impactful than making the Otani rule, but I guess baby steps or something here. I don't know.
1: Well, Jeff, I think that that's probably a good spot to wrap it up for the day. Uh, Reminder, the ghost runner solves a ghost problem. Just want to reiterate how much I hate that. (laughs) That'll wrap up this edition of Locked on Reds. Coming up on the next podcast, Jeff and I are going to break down the best performances of the spring so far out in Goodyear. Thanks for making Locked on Reds your first listen of the day. Now make the Locked on MLB podcast your second listen. Paul Francis Sullivan, please call him Sully, brings you his unique perspective on the Major Leagues, both past and present. Locked on MLB, just like Locked on Reds, is free and available on all podcasting platforms. Jeff, we are screaming ever so close to opening day in the beginning of the 2022 Major League Baseball season. There are so many things to talk about with the Cincinnati Reds and baseball as a whole, and what can our listeners expect from us as we move forward?
2: We are locked on Reds every single day.
1: We'll see you tomorrow.
0: Hey, Prime members.